You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. We are coming to you from the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. This is your Library Insider. In this episode of Did You Hear? It's a branch manager panel. We brought in three branch managers to talk, to compare and contrast their experiences and the differences in service populations, facilities, resources, and more. It's an excellent and insightful discussion. But first, our weekly word. Senescence, the condition or process of deterioration with age. Welcome to another edition of Did You Hear? This is our branch manager panel, and we are going to discuss everything and all things about our branches. We have 14 of them, so that's a lot to talk about. And there's a lot of differences uh, between our branches, including our old buildings and our newer buildings, uh, different types of communities, urban versus rural, small buildings and large buildings. But then there's the great services that you'll find at all of our branches. Before we get into all that, though, we're first going to talk to two of our guests, and one of them is our outgoing Central Resource Library Manager, Laura Hunt. Hello, Laura. Hello. And our incoming Central Resource Library Manager, Jared Harper. Hi, Jared. Hello. Welcome to you both. And so I guess the place I want to, uh, well, I should first say congratulations, Jared, for becoming the new manager. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. And congratulations to Laura Hunt, who uh, is going to be our new internal communications manager. Thank you. So tell us really quickly, what does that involve? Internal communications? Yeah. Well, it's all about communicating what's going on in the library to staff, um, making sure they have the resources they need to do their jobs the best way they can for the public. Um, and then also just building a sense of um, team, you know, among the staff and helping them do their jobs the best they can. Well, great. And so you were the manager here at Central for how long? I was the manager here for two years. And so what advice do you have for our new manager, Jared? Um, well, I would say prepare to be very busy. There's always a lot going on here at Central. Okay. And Jared, where are you coming from? I am coming from the most recently the Monticello and DeSoto libraries, where I was working as a assistant branch manager of information services there. And before that? Before that, I was at Corinth and Cedar Row. And then before that, as at Oak Park, both as an assistant branch manager. And even before that? <laughs> even before that, I was working here at Central yeah. as an information specialist. And so you've come full circle all the way back to Central. I have, yes. Yeah, and you've, you've tried a number of different positions. And so <laughs> you are well prepared to be a manager here at Central. I sure hope so. What do you anticipate are the challenges about this job? Well, as Laura said, I have noticed that I am definitely a lot busier here than I have been at other locations. Not that the need, not that the work is different. There just seems to be more of it with having more staff here, more patrons that seem to come here than other locations. And just with it being the central resource library and all the things that happen here as well, there's just a lot to do, a lot to coordinate and a lot to communicate with staff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, congratulations to you both. But I want to make sure that everyone knows that we're not just talking about Central today. It's all the branches throughout the system. And I'd like to bring in our third guest, 
That's John Keogh. Hi, John. Hello. And which branch do you manage? I manage uh, three of them. I am the manager of Gardner, Spring Hill, and Edgerton. Um, or as I like to call it, Gashed. Gashed. And uh, <laughs> it's basically the southwest quadrant of the county. Excellent. And so, Laura, let's run down. What uh, Did you manage any other branches before you managed uh, uh, Central? It's mm-hmm. Antioch, right? I was at Antioch. Okay. And how long were you there? I was there for about two years as well. Okay. And then before that, I was the assistant manager at Leewood. Okay. So between the three of you, we have a number of library branches, different sizes, different shapes, different makeups. Uh, And so when I was talking earlier about the differences and the similarities of our branches, did any of that seem to ring true to you? Yes, very much. Yeah. Okay. So so in what ways? I feel like... um, The patron base is different and the community is different at every branch. And so they all have specific needs. And so the branch does try to tailor their displays and their services and their programs to that community. Yeah, and I find it um, with the three that I manage, you know, Gardner is a medium-sized library. It feels and operates pretty much like you'd expect a suburban library to operate. Then you get out in Edgerton and it's rural. I mean, you have, you know, multi-generation farm families still out there. It feels like a small town. Um, It's quieter. It's a slower pace. Um, And the expectations for what the library is supposed to do for people are are pretty different, honestly. Yeah. Well, let's contrast that with Monticello where, Jared, you were the assistant branch manager. Mm -hmm. And so is that a transitioning community, would you say? Monticello, I would say it's a growing community. Uh, it's fine that you can stand up on the second level of Monticello and look out the glass windows that we have out there and feel that you are on the edge of Johnson County. Yeah. And then, but also to realize that just beyond the trees, just beyond the little strip mall that's there, there are houses everywhere, schools and whatnot. So we're really on that, we really are on the edge at Monticello where we are pulling in those patrons that are in the more rural communities, but still having a urban base coming to Monticello too. In, in what ways did you um, try to tailor your services to that community? So at Monticello, we've noticed that it is unique in the fact that we are heavily used by a younger com- population. Oh, really? Uh, the teens and tweens, they come to the library specifically for the meeting rooms. They come there to use the space for studying, for gathering together, for talking, for working on projects. We have, there are seven study rooms at Monticello, plus two what we call tech tables where they can go and still collaborate and have technology to assist with that. Yeah. And then we have chairs everywhere at Monticello. And then there is power connected to those locations too. So a, a patron can literally go anywhere at Monticello, plop down on a com- – bring a computer, plop down on that and plug into it and be able to study. And we're seeing there that it is mainly our youth that come and use those locations. And then our story times are huge. We get – we have a huge base for preschool and toddlers coming to enjoy the story times that we provide. We're not seeing a lot of adult patrons coming through yet. Uh, Interesting. We're, we're working on, where well, we were working on some programming for them to help draw them in. But one of the things we realized is that based off of the location, we didn't have a lot that would draw in a patron per right. se, or an adult patron per se. 
That's very interesting. Boy, there's there's so many areas of what you just said I could jump into. Let's stay with the teens because mm-hmm. now that you're here at Central, and Laura, you can speak to this too, we do have a lot to offer the teens. There's the makerspace for one. Um, what else? What what else do we have to offer? Um, well, we have a really teens. nice space for teens to hang out in. They've got computers there. And recently we've been, in the youth services department, we've been partnering with the makerspace so that youth services and the makerspace work together to offer programming in that teen space. Yeah. And so that's been drawing the teens even more into the makerspace. It's been a really cool experience. They also here will use our meeting rooms, um, and sometimes they'll bring games to hook up to our screens. Um and yeah, I think it's just one of those things like it, it's very close to Shawnee Mission West. And so the kids walk over here from the high school after school. And yeah. it's a nice place to hang out. That's that's something that I find is really interesting about all of our branches. Um, some of our branches like Blue Valley. Boy, you better have a car to mm-hmm. get there because it's it's not a walkable area. John, mm. your branch, it seems to me like they're not not the, the teenagers after school. They're not just walking but they're skateboarding and biking yeah. and they're coming to your branch yeah they are and um most of them some of them do walk um a lot of them bike um some of them drive just because the school system out there gardner edgerton it's a single school system so kids who live in edgerton come to gardner they will stop by our branch after school um sometimes into the evenings etc uh, they do homework they hang out they play video games um, you know, we try to be as welcoming a space as we can be for them. Are there any unique features at the Gardner Library or, or Spring Hill or Edgerton that, uh, you know, to, to offer your teens? Um, at Gardner, we have a dedicated teen space with some comfortable chairs, um, some dedicated computers. We have a, we have some metal structural poles and we have one of them currently covered in magnetic poetry. Oh, really? Um, and Honestly, what they write is cleaner than you might expect. <laughs> um, I hope so. uh, out in Edgerton, um, we have a little bit less. Um, there are fewer, there's less youth population there than there used to be. And then in Spring Hill, it gets interesting because that building is tiny. There's not a lot of space in general. But that, that community is really growing, right? That community is really growing. It, that community is an interesting um, challenge for us because most of the growth is actually in Miami County. Oh, and so about okay. 80% of the patrons of the Spring Hill branch actually live in Miami. Um, so it sort of straddles the border that way, which yeah. given that we're the Johnson County library, it, it gets interesting, but very interesting. Well, another service population, um, are the, are the, the youngins, the little, little ones. And, and Jared, you had mentioned that the, the story times were just crazy popular at Monticello. Would you say that that's true at all the branches that we have represented here? Yes. Yes. I think story times are always popular. Yeah. I think locations, some locations, they're extremely popular. Like I think Blue Valley could never offer enough story times mm-hmm. for the patrons there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll tell you on my end, for those of us that market and promote our events and services, we we want to let people know that, man, we are killing it with story time, and it's so important for early literacy. But then again, we're not trying to overcrowd mm-hmm. the, yeah. the story times because it's yeah. not like we're we're trying to call for for more people to mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the things. But you're welcome to come. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we want as many people as possible. Uh, Gardner's kind of interesting in that sense because it's a bedroom community. It's a lot of first-time home buyers. It's a lot of new families. 
And there's a tremendous need for story times for early literacy programs. And we do um, probably more than you might expect given our staffing levels. Um, we do what, four or five story times a week, something like that. Interesting. Um, Spring Hill always needs more story times. Okay. They are asking for more story times. We are doing our best to give them. Um, I think Edgerton's the one branch where we don't really emphasize it so much because, again, there's not that many youth there. There's not that many kids there right now. And that, that's what's so interesting about the Johnson County Library system is that the makeup of our patrons and, you know, what we're uh, providing as service, you know, is, is so different sometimes. Let's talk about adults. So adult programming, it seems like there's a lot of different options across the system. Uh, the Central Resource Library tends to get a lot of our big programs because that's where our, our biggest meeting room is, and we have a, a, a large gallery space. But some of our new branches are just absolutely beautiful, and they're just screaming for unique events. And, and we've had some at Lenexa City Center Library in Monticello. Monticello has mm -hmm. a beautiful porch, as you mentioned yes. before. What, what about our other branches? Do we do a pretty good job... Uh, <laughs> Ask rhetoric. I do think I, <laughs> I do know think, the answer to this one. Yes. Do we have good do programs have good program? at our other branches? Yes. I do think that this is adults is really where we tend to do we tend to tailor things a little bit more. Youth, you know, we're always going to offer those story times. We're always going to offer those youth programming. But for example, we have a lot of tech questions that we get at the Antioch branch. And so we started um, the What the Tech program up there so that we could give patrons an individual experience with a librarian to discuss their tech needs um, and ask their tech questions. Um, but at, at Central, like you said, like that's more of a destination library. So we can offer different things here and people will actually travel for it. And I've seen that actually, that model work at other locations too. For instance, at Monticello, we did not really develop specific programming for the Monticello population. Uh, when we first came online, we figured that the best thing for us to do as we were getting our feet under us was to outsource, I guess you could say, the programming. So we would, con so we had a lot of what we call system-wide programming come our way. For instance, last year for uh, Kansas History Day or the Kansas birthday, we had a program uh, hosted at Monticello and it was not great weather, but yet we yeah. still had a turnout of about 40 some odd people wow. to show up for that location. And then earlier, I guess, last year as well that we had a sneak peek of the Fringe Festival at Monticello and that yeah. was also very well attended. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, I think if we have the programming and if we can market it well enough, people will go mm -hmm. regardless of the location if it's of interest to them mm -hmm. and they'll, adults are a little more willing to travel to some place that they want to do. Uh, for instance, one of the programming that comes to mind is the uh, edible discussions Sure. Corinth. Oh yeah. And that, and people travel from all over the County for that one. I have when I was working there, uh, we had people coming as far away from Gardner and then up from Wyandotte County and Jackson County coming for specifically the edible discussion program that we had. Mm. Yeah. One of the things that we're trying to figure out, um, in the Southwest quadrant, um, because we have a lot of young families, a sort of a lot of new families. Um, it can be challenging at times for parents to come to the library if they can't bring their kids with them. So sometimes we'll do e programs in the evening geared towards adult audiences and we get very little turnout because babysitters are expensive. Sure. Um, 
and we also have a, an aging population, and in the evenings they tend to like to be settled in and don't want to. They spend all day at the library, but then they go home. Um, so one of the things that we're also kicking around is the idea of trying to figure out more options for intergenerational offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, something where a whole family can show up, all ages, and we'll have something to offer everyone. Um, just to make it a, a little bit easier to connect with sort of all of the different kinds of families and family situations that we have. Well, that's great. L- let's talk about the physical buildings themselves. We have we have old and new. Uh, we have some bells and whistles on some of the branches um, that we don't have at other branches. Um, but um, what are some of your favorite things about the libraries that you've worked at? They're all unique. They each have their <laughs> own little quirks and things you need to know about the location. Uh, I think it's always fun, regardless of which location I go, how much patrons love the library they're at. Yeah. Uh, that they really love the little quirkiness of each location. For sure. At Oak Park, Oak Park's one of the older libraries that we have. And one of the things we noticed is it's a great location. It's a fun building. But if for a 21st century technology atmosphere, it's lacking in power strips and power <laughs> locations. We noticed that especially during the central building upgrade uh, back in 2014, 2015, something like that. A lot of patrons from central came to Oak Park and sure, we right. just couldn't accommodate them, their needs for a plug. And, you know, finding the same thing at Corinth and Cedar Row, also older buildings. Yeah. Uh, beautiful buildings, but again, not designed for a 21st century uh, technology atmosphere. But yet how the patrons, regardless of what we may see as deficiencies in that, still love these buildings and That's are very possessive interesting of the point. buildings. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, w- I was thinking of, of during the central building upgrade, um, we did have a lot of patrons that got displaced. And so some of them went to Oak Park, but a lot of them went to Lackman down the road on 87th Street here. And boy, talk about a population that loved their library when they found out that we were moving down the street to Lenexa, which is this gorgeous palace of a brand new library, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of them didn't want to move. And, you know, you know, we, we had these public information sessions and uh, we had to say, it's like, you realize it's really crowded in there. There are more people than we can handle in that library. But, uh, you know, they they loved it. Um, I think they've made their way over to the Lenexa library, and I hope that they love that as mm-hmm. as much. Gardner, um, you know, I, I if I remember correctly, when it was built, it was uh, – there was a lot of forethought. They yes. uh, built it bigger than it needed to be at the time. But we don't have the problem of it being too small now. We don't. Um, 20, 30 years from now, that might change a bit. Yeah. But um, Garner was opened in 2001. Um, it was built, I think, to very high standards of that time, and it's held up pretty well. It's a beautiful building. It's sure. tall ceilings. It's airy. It's sunny. It's a really comfortable place to be. And I know that we have a lot of patrons who show up and hang out all day because it's just that kind of welcoming space. Yeah. Um, and Edgerton comes to mind that that's another one of those branches that people just just love. And it has an interesting origin story too, I believe. It does. Actually, Edgerton, I think, 
I would argue that of all our 14 branches, that's the one that the patrons feel most passionate about. Really? Um, it's an old bank. I mean, it's a bank right. that dates back to... patrons might challenge you. Ah, so you're too. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, Edgerton, it's an old building. It's from, what, the 1850s or something like that? It's been a bank. It's been a grocery store. It's been a couple other things. It's been a multi-service center, I think. And I'm... I just actually read the history of it, and now I'm blanking. Well, I think was wasn't there a little girl that that was her big push mm-hmm. was to turn to have a library in her hometown of Edgerton. Yeah, and and there's there's I believe a a plaque or something. In it's one of the rooms a that, stained glass that, window of a drawing she made. Okay. Um, yeah, Edgerton wanted a library really badly. They went to the library. They went to the Johnson County Board of County Commissioners, and they said, "We have this building that you can use." Um, and then when that all got approved and funding got put in place, the building was actually gutted and rehabbed by the community. Oh, wow. Um, community members showed up and they tore down all the old drywall. They got it down to the bare studs. They got it down to the original brick and rock. Um, and that it was a massive construction project and the community did it. Um, that's how much they loved that building and how much they wanted that building. Wow. But I, I hear a little competition. So um, can you make a case why, why another library might be more, even more loved than the Edgerton? Well, I can, I can think of a situation a few years ago when I was working here at Central. Uh, I was part uh, – we had, here at Central, we also staff the Central – the telephone reference. So when people call, patrons call for, for questions and answers, they contact Central basically. Anyway, uh, during that time I was here, Cedar Rose power blew. Some water got into the breaker system and it just, it shut down for about two or three weeks. And we would get calls on T-Ref all the time asking, is Cedar Row going to open? Is Cedar Row going to open? You're not closing Cedar Row, are you? It's going to open again, right? Right. And we would have to reassure the patrons that yes, we were going to open Cedar Row. We just had some power issues and that we were working on it, but it would open again here soon. Right. And they got very concerned and very possessive of the fact that their library was closed and they wanted it back open as soon as we could. Isn't that fascinating? Because we, we used to refer to all of our branches or locations as neighborhood libraries. And almost every single location that we have in our system is on a major road. Not mm-hmm. true for Cedar Row. It is no. truly a neighborhood library because it is tucked away in a, a neighborhood. It's close to Row, but close. you have to go. You, yeah, you kind of have to ways do a little way. finagling mm-hmm. to see it from Row behind the Walmart. Yeah. It is yeah. there, but yes, it's one that's. It is kind of hidden. And people do love that branch. Oh, they do. For sure. They do indeed. I would make an argument for uh, Leewood and Blue Valley as mm-hmm. well because every time I've been there, and I'm talking. Every time I've been just bustling, just Mm -hmm. bustling with activity, people coming and going, and especially Blue Valley. uh, I think uh, the folks that don't like to leave their cars, they love that branch Mm -hmm. because they've made it part of their daily life. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the – Oh, go ahead. I I think one of the interesting things about working for Johnson County Libraries is even if we're on major roads, every library is still a neighborhood library in the eyes of its patrons. Good Um, point. You know, we're a system. We're a countywide system. We operate as a system. But our patrons see their library as their local library. Mm -hmm. Um, Edgerton, Spring Hill in particular, even at Gardner, I see it. People don't really think of themselves as Johnson County Library patrons. I am, you know, I go to Gardner. It's my library. Yeah. It's just an interesting balance, I think. Mm -hmm. What what about the libraries you've worked at, at Laura? 
Um, well, you know, I was going to say Corinth. I haven't worked at Corinth, but it's amazing how many patrons I've come across at the other branches where I've worked, Leewood, Shawnee, Central, um, who say Corinth was my branch as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, Corinth was one of was our second branch um, after Antioch. And I think we have patrons who still have their library card that they got at that branch. Really? And so I just think there's a really big history there. People bring, we have um, grandparents who bring their grandkids and their gra- the grandparents had attended the library when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we would have a lot of that come through where grandparents would bring their, ki- their grandkids and say, I brought your mom and dad here when they were your age. Or wow. parents come in with their young ones and say, I was here when, this li- when I was your age, coming to this library, going downstairs to play um, we just recently had a, a staff member who grew up in the Corinth area, go to Corinth, and was thrilled to find out that the dinosaurs she played with as a kid were still there. <laughs> really? And yeah. that they were still available for patrons to use and patrons to play with. And she was just ecstatic. Mm-hmm. The first oh. time There's a bit my, of nostalgia there. Yeah. Yes. First time my wife uh, brought me down to Kansas City to sort of see where she grew up. The first stop we made was to the Antioch branch because that was her library growing up, and that was one of the major things she wanted me to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it was I had my library degree and I was looking for a library job and whatnot, but you know that was a huge part of her life. Yeah, and it makes me wonder uh, if that uh, connection to the library, if it sticks around. You know, does it stick when the library building is gone and moves to another place? You know. Lackman to Lenexa and the Shawnee folks that, mm. you know, now have another option, which is Monticello. Mm. Um, I think the, the good memories are always there. That mm. happened. My library growing up got moved to a different building. Yeah. You know, and I like the new building. It's never going to be the same. Um, but those memories that I got of browsing the shelves as a kid and being able to pick out my own reading material. And that was the one place where, like, you can make a choice as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. for and sure. It, yeah, I think the reason libraries resonate with people so much is because it's a place, it's a place they love to be. It's a place they want to be, and they want to be there because of the services we provide. Um, even if you move a building, it's still the services that people want. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a connection. They're still gonna come to their library because it's just part of their life. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people that new people who come to Johnson County, and they go to a Johnson County library, and they say, you know, I'm coming to the library because that's what I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. that they had those experiences with their library and that's transferred over to a new location, a new place. A new state even. A new state. And they Mm -hmm. want to bring that into their kids' lives. So regardless of what the location is or where it is, it still creates a memory for them that they want to share. Okay. Well, I have an interesting question for you, and that is what is your most fun memory that you've had at all these different branches? Fun memories, now that you're asking, it, probably going to go right out my head, but I enjoy just the patron interactions, just seeing the the joy or just the expressions of like, really, you can do that at the library? Yeah. Uh, the one that comes to mind, I was at DeSoto, actually, and a patron came through with a, a girl and came to understand that this that this girl was part of the foster care system and during the course of her time in the foster care system she had lost some books and had accrued a pretty substantial fine and understanding that this that she had gone through some pretty hard times in her life Mm -hmm. that we were able to do something for her that we were able to just say hey we understand and we were able to take care of that for her that we were able to remove the fine 
for lost items through no fault of her own. Yeah. Just because she's yeah. been, she had been bounced around from what her, her guardian had been saying. And we were able to take care of that for her so that we were able to give her access again and provide her with hopefully a good memory of the library. Yeah. And that she'd be willing to come back again with us. Don't make a bad situation worse, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, give a, a helping hand where, where it's needed. Mm-hmm. What about you, Laura? I think the most, this is more fun. That's probably less, good. <laughs> but it was a, that was a good one. That was really good. But um, when I was in youth services, um, a group of us decided to work on a Doctor Who party. Mm. And um, we thought it's just going to be this kind of small event for, for fans. Right. Oh, man. And it turned into this amazing community event where we had more than 300 people in the library. Huge. And people brought homemade Dalek robots and came in costume and it turned out to just be this amazing event and I was very impressed with just the the commitment of people to Doctor Who and and their willingness to come to the library Mm -hmm. and and share that with others. And isn't that fascinating when something just, you know, blows away your expectations that that it's so surprising. Um, What comes to mind is I put a time-lapse camera in Central um, for the uh, our reopening day and it was so interesting because you, you start to watch it and there's a little trickle of people a little trickle of people and then just swarms and swarms and swarms and swarms, swarms. <laughs> and uh, it, it blows you away because you're like oh my you may not really know how much foot traffic comes through mm-hmm. a library in a day and i think most people don't think that mm-hmm. i think there are people out there that think that um libraries are irrelevant but mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing could be farther than the truth yes. because we have, and it's a fact, we have more people coming through our doors today than ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agree with that. And people will say, oh, you're a librarian. It must be nice to read all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I nope, like to, nope, nope. Whenever people try to tell me that like library services are out of date or anachronistic, I always counter with, they're not anachronistic, they're timeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They serve go. eternal needs. Well, um, what, what fun memory do you have, John? Honestly, the thing that makes me happiest is when I'm out on the desk and there's a whole group of kids that come out of story time. Yeah. Because story time gets done so and there is a whole parade of small children and a librarian usually with a bubble machine that's just blowing bubbles everywhere. Like little yeah. soap bubbles everywhere. And just everyone's running through and they run to go to the book bins and they run to find something to read and they run to play with some of the toys. Um, and there's always at least a couple of parents who sort of apologize for the kids running, apologize for the kids yeah. being loud. And I just have this giant grin on my face because it's the happiest thing. They're just, yeah. it's the most joyful thing. And I love seeing it. Yeah. And I, I think that that's probably the key to every fun memory of the library is just seeing the, the joy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the reward of library experiences. I, I, I think about, um, we had uh, astronaut Mike Massimino come mm-hmm. to the library. And the next morning, I don't think people knew this, but there was a breakfast that was hosted by Mike Massimino. And we had our summer reading winners and their families have a breakfast with an astronaut. How cool is that? You want to see some happy faces mm-hmm. coming out of a room. Oh, my gosh. It, it was it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then he stuck around and signed autographs uh, for every single one of those kids. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. But it's fun what the library can do. Uh, I just thought of a new, another memory that's probably a little more, not less tear jerky, but a little more fun. Uh, at Monticello, we, as you mentioned, we do have a terrace on the second floor. Right. And one of the ideas that our, I, our, that our youth services came up with was to host a dance party 
on our terrace as kind of a celebration that summer is here, school is over. And we had chalk, we had bubbles, we had glow sticks. Yeah. We had a playlist that the kids created themselves. They made suggestions and our youth librarian uh, created this playlist based off of all the their suggestions. And it was some of the most random songs that you've heard. Something about a pink pancake robot eating <laughs> robot. I don't know. There's just, it's just weird. But just the look as they were doing the hula hoops, there's this one picture that was shared with me of this little boy who's – got this hula hoop and he kind of throws it in the air and he's just got this huge grin on his face. And he's I can't describe it via the podcast. I wish I could show you the picture, but it is just amazing the joy he has uh, as he is participating in this dance party. And it was a it was well loved dance yeah. party. And there were lots of kids, lots of parents. We had one of our staff members who we didn't who had a hidden talent that we didn't know that she is a master hula hooper. Hmm. I mean, she is hula hooping around her neck, around her arm, and it is a continuous motion. It's never really stopping. And we learned something new about about our, our staff member that we didn't know before. And it was just a really cool experience to be able to provide something like that for the library. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I, I think that brings us to a point where we can say that, you know, libraries are, are so much more than the physical building. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the events, it's the people, it's the connections that you make, it's these experiences. Well, so today we've talked to three branch managers that have worked at a number of different branches, and we've we've talked about the differences between a lot of these branches and some of the similarities. And I found this discussion really informative, and I want to keep talking, um, but. We can't make the podcast like two hours long. So (laughs) (laughs) we have more stories. Yeah. And I think it would be fascinating to get three different branch managers Mm -hmm. another time and just keep hearing about all of these unique perspectives um, about our our different branches. But I want to thank you all so very much for coming today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Did we miss a question you wish we would have asked? Do you have thoughts or stories about today's topic? Share them with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joko Library. And now, our writer's quote of the day. Hello, this is Andrew Erickson. I'm an information services librarian at the Oak Park branch. My quote comes from Jim Butcher's Summer Nights, and it is, I slam the doors open a little harder than I needed to, stalked out of the Blue Beetle, and drove away with all the raging power the ancient four-cylinder engine can muster. Behold the angry wizard puttering away. We leave you with sounds from one of our locations. It's your audio minute we call Library Zen. For more episodes of Did You Hear, go to the Johnson County Library website, jocolibrary.org slash didyouhear.